You don't feel anything for your husband. But boy, you're really good roommates. <laughs> if that's the case, then tell me if this sounds familiar. Morning routine, get out of bed. You happen to run into your husband. Conversation goes something like this. What are you doing today? What do the kids need to be? Where do they need to be? What are they doing? And oh, we need something from the store. Go on your way. Go through the day, come home at night. Conversation is, what'd you do today? Do the kids need to be anywhere tomorrow? Oh, and I'll need to go to the store. <laughs> or maybe both morning and evening, the conversation is nothing. You just, just kind of each do your own thing and exist in the same space, live in the same house, parent the same kids, get out of each other's way as much as possible. But that's about it. They're good roommates. You exist really well. And why is that frustrating? I want you to take a moment and come up with a list of all the different things that you are able to do with your husband that you are not able to do with even your closest friend. It's probably a short list. You can have deep conversations with your closest friend. You can take vacations with your closest friend. You can go have coffee with your closest friend. You can even give a hug to your closest friend. But I'm guessing if you were to come up with a list of things that you can do only with your husband, what ends up on that list would probably be related to your physical intimacy, the sexual relationship between you and your husband. There's something special there that God designed. And I think it's why the Apostle Paul wrote what he did in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, when he says this, he said, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession not as a command. And so he's not commanding you to have sex with your husband. But he's really strongly urging you to on a pretty regular basis because there are very few things that you can do with your husband that make you feel like husband and wife. Very few things you can do that make you feel like that better than sexual intimacy can. And why is that? I want you to think of something else. I want you to come up with an explanation for why God created sex the way he did. Like, why did God create sex? And your first answer might be, well, to have kids. You can't have kids without having sex with someone. That's very true. <laughs> but really, God could have invented any way to have children. He could have, uh, he could have said, if you as a husband and wife would like to become pregnant, then on the 10th day of the third month, go outside, look up at the moon, and have your husband tickle your armpit. And you will become pregnant. <laughs> Could have said, if you and your spouse would like to become pregnant, then on the 23rd day of the seventh month, you must both sit down facing one another and have a staring contest. <laughs> 
and when somebody finally blinks, you're pregnant. Something like that. But, uh, <laughs> but he, he didn't do any of those things. Instead, he created this incredibly intimate act that literally brings you closer to any human being than you will ever be to any other. Like so close that the Bible describes that act as you being one flesh. That if somebody were looking at the two of you from the outside looking in, it would look like you were just one, one piece of human flesh just united. But of course, that's, that's the special thing about it. Nobody else gets to see it. Nobody else gets to look in on it. It's just the two of you. Completely vulnerable with another human being, with one another. Somebody loving you in a way that nobody else ever gets in on. And there's something very special about that. God created a way for husbands and wives to show each other that they love them in a way that they will never love anybody else. And it's a way that God created to create intimacy, to create desire, to create longing, to create emotional connection between a husband and a wife. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, don't withhold that from one another for very long, because otherwise Satan's going to come in and he's going to tempt one or both of you to start trying to fulfill that desire in some other way. In some other way other than in the spouse that you promised yourself to. And so he urges you to act like a husband and a wife. Because there are very few things that the two of you can do together where you really feel like you are somebody's wife. And where he is somebody's husband. Talking about physical intimacy, there might be a very legitimate question that's popping in your mind and maybe screaming in your mind. What if you just don't desire your husband physically? And that's, and that's a hard, that's a hard situation to be in. I'll say one principle, one biological principle of the average men and women, and then just some practical advice about how to deal with that. Just related to physical and emotional intimacy. As a woman, it's likely that in order to feel the desire to be physically intimate with your husband, you first need to be felt, you, you first need the emotional intimacy to be built up. You need him to show you that he's thinking about you, that he cares about you, that you are on his mind, that he has your back, that he desires you. In all these different ways, before he expects to receive anything, you want that emotional intimacy built up in order, you know, and then once it is, then you will often feel the desire to be physically intimate with him. That makes sense to you. For men, it's the opposite. Is that men, in order to feel emotionally intimate with somebody, they first often need to feel physically intimate with them. Is that they look for the physical intimacy in order to feel emotionally intimate. And so God created this, it seems to be, far too complex way of creating intimacy between a man and a woman, where the one thing that you are looking for is something that he's not good naturally at giving. And the one thing that he's looking for is something that you often don't feel like giving until he's done, until he's done his part. And that can create a lot of conflict. It's important to recognize that difference in how the, uh, the average male and average female brains are wired, just to know that that's how he's looking at things. And I would encourage you, if there's some disconnect there, 
especially if there's a major disconnect. Number one, to talk to him about it. Be honest with him, be loving. Uh, understanding where his mind is very naturally coming from. Just tell him how, where you are honestly coming from because he doesn't see life the same way that you do and he needs to understand where you're coming from. So communicate with him as lovingly as you can and if you have a hard time doing that because communication between the two of you has become difficult, uh, then find a professional who can help, a pro professional counselor or a minister or somebody that you trust who, can, who understands the situation and understands your diff different needs. And then even if you get to that point, and I hope you do, just be patient because there is so much to learn. There's so much to learn about one another, so much he needs to learn about you, so much, so much you'll need to discover about him. Um, and just understand that it's, that it's a journey. And it's a journey on which you are never alone. That God understands how hard these things are. He's the one who wired you the beautiful way that you are. And he has every intention of being there for you in all things, even this. And this is just scratching the surface on this topic. I know that. And there's a whole lot more to discuss about your needs and his needs and, and your expectations and, and his expectations. One of the questions that I often get is, um, well, Pastor, how, how often is a husband and wife supposed to have sex? Like, what's the number? Um, the Bible doesn't give us a number, <laughs> so, so I hesitate to give you a number, but, but based on, um, just based on working with couples, based on sociological research, based on husband and wife experience, the general number that's given is that if you're a younger couple, about three times per week is a good goal. And if you have some years of experience in, uh, in your marriage, then, then aim for two times a week general numbers, not anything solid about them or definitive about them, but just just good goals as a way for you to show your husband that you desire him in a way that's meaningful for him. Men and women think differently on this, and I'll give you some insight into the male brain. If you don't know this already, that men will often look at the sexual relationship with his wife as the way of determining how healthy the relationship is. And so if sexual activity is happening, they feel like the relationship is healthy and happy. And if it's not, then they'll, they'll feel the opposite. And so another way to look at this is very simply, when you show that you desire your husband, when you show that act of willing love, unique love, you are more likely to have a husband who will desire you and make you feel desired, too. There's another quote by Martin Luther. Uh, goes back, again, many hundreds of years, but he was talking to husbands, but it applies to wives, too, where he says, the Christian is supposed to love his neighbor, and since his wife is his nearest neighbor, she should be his deepest love. I hope that your husband does that for you. But even if he doesn't, don't let that stop you from doing that for him. A Christian is supposed to love her neighbor. And since her husband is her nearest neighbor, he should be her deepest love. Put that love into practice and see in this way also that God will not fail to love you.
Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. And we'd love for this podcast to be a blessing to you in the days to come. So if you could share this podcast, subscribe so that every episode ends up in your feed, or just leave us a review, we would love more and more people to hear this message so that their lives can be surrounded and blessed by the grace of God. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.